Hello and welcome to Conversations with Kath, the podcast that keeps you up to date with the daily antics of your mother, your Alma, your friend, or whatever Kath Vanderhorst is to you. So grab a glass of Harvey Bristol, put the phone on silent, and let's see what's been keeping our favourite nine-year-old busy this week. Very good evening to Alma Kath. How are you tonight, Alma? I'm very well, thank you, Matt. And how are you? I'm really good, really good. It's getting nice and hot up here in Queensland. The humidity's kicked in and... Everyone's complaining. Well, in my house, they are anyway. <laughs> <laughs> I hope you got air cons. Oh, we do, yes. When we redid yeah. the house we are in, we, that was one of the first things we put in air conditioning. Oh, okay. So I'm right. loving every yeah. minute of that. How have you been this week? What have you been up to? It's been very good, Matt. I, um, I, on Monday, I had Ali. And, of course, Sunday night, I went to Michael for dinner. And on Monday, I had um, Ellie and Ryan for a while. Tuesday, I, um, I went to the garden center. On Wednesday, the senior people, Macwa, took me out. And uh, we, um, <laughs> we had a lovely meal and a chat. Thursday, I was home. And Friday, Wilma took me to, um, to Warringal. Nearly killed me wandering around there. <laughs> That's probably the most yeah. you've done in a long time, Alma. Yeah, I know, I know, and I'm not used to it, Matt. I've been home all these months. Yeah. My my big trip was from the front door to the back gate three times a day. <laughs> you quadrupled that now, back in the swing yeah. of things. So this was the yeah. first time back at the garden centre, wasn't it, this week? Yeah, yeah. 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 And yeah. how was that? I'm was it, before, was it great to see everybody time. again? Was it um, just like old times and... No, was not there... really. It's all, um, normally we go and sit all together, but now it was all, we were all mm. separated. Somebody was making the coffee and the tea and it was handing to, handed to us. You know, it wasn't the same. But do you but... think it'll be easy enough to adapt to these new COVID oh, changes? Yeah, yeah. yeah okay. we'll have to, yeah. 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 Yeah, we'll have to. And the MACWA, I remember we spoke about MACWA back in episode one and we haven't really heard much about them since due to oh, COVID. Yeah. But, um, well, just started up yeah. and um, last week was the first time. We couldn't really go anywhere because we went to Pakenham to uh, where they have a, a, a building. Um, that the girls provided us with a really nice meal and, you know, we read the paper and we did some puzzles and a few other bits and pieces and then they dropped me off at home at about two o'clock, three o'clock. <laughs> Yeah. What a great service. Normally we go to the park or we go somewhere, but maybe next week. No, no beers on this occasion. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Well, Dan Andrews does say to get on the beers. So maybe next week you'll be uh, at, the, at the pub. Hopefully. Yeah. And, and Friday, I remember you saying a while ago that Fridays were the Tynog North or the oh, people yeah, of Tynog or something like that. Yeah. No, that's okay. a group of people my age. And um, we used to come and we have a guest speaker occasionally and we'll sit there and we'll talk, you know, solve all the problems of the world if you can. <laughs> yeah. Because they're all That's my age. And, um, and it starts at 10, 10 o'clock. I've been going there for years. And we finish at 12 o'clock. We'll have a cuppa. We all bring, uh, you know, something to eat and things like that. And they're all nice people. Excellent. Yeah. And is there any uh, anything on the horizon about that starting back up again soon? Or? Well, I haven't heard. I haven't, haven't heard. Okay. Heard. But mind you, they're all my age, so yeah. <laughs> who knows? It might even fold up. <laughs> well, hopefully it keeps going because it sounds like a pretty cool place to go on a Friday. Yeah. Yeah. All right. We might bring tonight's special guest in. That's right, Matt. Tonight's guest motto is the customer is never always right. In her spare time, she enjoys making multicoloured sandwiches and greeting gold curtains. It's the sibling lovingly referred to as the general. Say hello to Jenny Burnside. How are you, Annie Jenny? Very well, thanks, Matt. And yourself? I'm, I'm really good. Thank you so much for coming on. That's okay. My pleasure. And how have, how have you been going over the past six to eight months? Because you're down in Point Lonsdale, which is classified as regional. Um, yep. Have you been had any contact with, with, with your boys or, or grandkids or anything like that? Have you been able to see any of those guys? Yeah, well, Cameron's um, living back, back living with us at the moment as he's uh, based in Corio. So that's about 
forty minute drive from here. Oh yeah. Um, so he's he's Victoria Police now. So, um, and Damien and the kids we haven't seen since last Christmas. It was there up? Oh, I suppose halfway between Grafton and Coffs Harbour. Ah, oh, right. Okay. Yep. So, so those so border closures and, and things like that. Yeah, that's right. They don't, didn't want us to come in, so um, yep. we had to stay. But down here, we've been really lucky because we've we've not had a single case in in Queenscliff or Point Lonsdale. Yeah. Um, City of Greater Geelong or the Greater Geelong area had a few cases, but they were pretty quickly cleared up. So I've still been able to go to work. My office is a little house, and um, the boss and I and um, the boss's husband are there. They're just so there's plenty of room. We sit quite a long way from each other. Yeah, sure. Yeah. And what about and what about masks? Any is it is it masks mandatory for you guys in the regional part, or is it just? Yeah, it is all over the all over the state. Yeah, all over the state. Okay. yeah, yeah. Which is a real pain because you get so you know good in Queensland, you would expire. No. Yeah. So I can yeah, imagine. So, yeah, but anyway, you got to do what you got to do, don't you? Mm, you do. Hopefully, those. Um, well, I think they're. I know New South Wales are sort of opening the borders a little bit on the regional parts to Queensland um, at the moment, or from the twenty third, I think. Um, but again, we're not opening to Sydney. So whether or not Victoria is doing the same thing to to regional New South Wales. No. Um, Dan said he's not going to close the borders. So. Oh, okay. Um, South Australia's got 17 cases at the moment. Yep. Um, and of course, Queensland's closed to them again now. Mm. Uh, but hopefully theirs won't go out of control like ours did. Yeah, yeah. I think, yeah, hopefully by now they've learned a few tricks to sort of keep that sort of condensed, hopefully. You'd hope so, yeah. Well, what I'd like to talk about tonight um, is the responsibilities and, and what it was like, Annie Jenny, being the eldest of, of seven children. So you're in the, you can probably give the best perspective of what that is, as you were the eldest, um, of what it was like growing, growing up in those days, because there's quite an age range between you and the last one born being Mick. And Alma, also, I'll just start with you, on because you were the, the eldest of four kids growing up there in Boxmere with um, Tonta Oni, Tonta Dini, Pete and yourself. And what was it like growing up in those days, being the eldest of four? And, and what responsibilities did you have in, in the house? Well, Mark, I can't really remember much the early days. I sort of remember just after when the war started. You know, I was only 12 and Pete was only about six. So Pete, I Pete's the youngest, it. isn't he? You're the yeah, oldest, Pete's yeah, youngest. Yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah, so there's six yeah. years between. And there was yep. two years between my two sisters. Mm. Each, yeah. So, um, well, it was pretty ordinary. The, sh the schools were closed. There was no, no shops open. There was no entertainment. You couldn't go anywhere. In them days, people didn't have cars, you know, so it wasn't, it wasn't all that good. Yeah. So was it, did you have to help your mother out a lot in terms of, well, raising no, well, the kids or looking mother, after the kids? Mother, when, um, when I was 12. Right, yeah, okay. And I don't really remember much of the early days. And what was the, from when your mother died till when your father remarried, was there, was there a big period, big gap there? Or was it? No, I think it was only about two years between before that remarried. We had housekeepers and it didn't work. Yeah. Um, and then my uh, my dad remarried, and uh, yeah, that wasn't all that good. Wasn't either. the best of times. No, a lot a lot going on, wasn't there? Then, then you've, you've yeah, your yeah, mother's passed right. away. The war's going on as well. Yeah, and another thing, my dad was a freedom fighter, so half the time he wasn't there. So apart so, from you know, he still had to get to work, but during the night he was roaming around. You know, after the Germans had after the uh, Allied forces had bombed, you know, Germany, all these pilots, they were jumping out of their burning aeroplanes and Dad and his mates were going to find them and try to give them into a safe house. Yeah, right. So did that mean that while your dad was doing... That were living there, you know, that was, it, was it was a terrible time. 
And while your father was doing that, did that mean you were at the house alone with the other three kids? No, no, no. It was my step. This um, was either the housekeeper or, or um, my stepmother. Yeah, mm. yeah. Okay. Yeah. Dad got locked up a couple of times, but he managed to uh, <laughs> to sneak out. Yeah, to escape. <laughs> to escape. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, Jenny, what what about when you were growing up? What was the um the responsibilities, or, or what was it like for you growing up as the eldest of seven? Because for a period there. You know, you were probably the oldest of maybe five, um, I guess, five kids. Uh, and then, well, six kids, including Bob. And then, and then Mick came a little bit later. But was, were you sort of throwing a bit of responsibility or, or looking after the kids when, when you were growing up? Um, yeah, I, I suppose I was. But, well, at that time, I probably didn't realise that I was having to be responsible. Yeah. So. Um, <laughs> Uh, I remember on Saturdays, it was sort of housework day, so Wilma and I would have to help mum do all the housework, um, you know, change all the beds and all do all that sort of thing. And we thought the boys got off pretty well scot-free. <laughs> <laughs> they yeah, they didn't have to do any inside work. But, um, yeah, I suppose, you know, have, helping looking after the kids and once we... Once we had to catch the school bus, it was a bit of a matter of, you know, making sure we all got the bus. Um, we all usually caught it from the same bus stop, so it wasn't quite so bad, but um, yeah, it was pretty hectic. Did you yeah. all go to the same school? Um, we all went to the primary school in Glen Rowan, and yep. um, I actually started a school in Matoa, which is uh, north western Victoria. So. Um, Mum and Dad moved around a fair bit in the early days, and uh, but once we got to Glen Rowan, we sort of stayed put. I'm not sure how old I was when we got to Glen Rowan, but we um, we were there for quite a few years. Um, I did a lot of babysitting for other people oh, from right. about twelve. They must have thought I was pretty responsible. And <laughs> <laughs> come up with lots of someone who helps look after that many kids must. Must, must you be, know, know must what, be doing something right. <laughs> yeah, if only they knew. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I, I don't know, Matt. I did find out when we um, did our Egypt trip that my nickname apparently was The General. General? <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all these years, I never ever knew that until then, so. Was it, are they being endearing when they say that? Uh, I don't think so. <laughs> Now, does that mean you kept them quite in on tow or in, in line, Jenny, or did you let them sort of have a bit of free reign? Or? Oh, I don't think we had much choice in those days. It was, <laughs> you know, first in, best dressed, um, <laughs> especially at the dinner table. Um, <laughs> yeah. yeah, look, yeah, it was, it was a pretty good life I think we had. I don't think anybody was really that much in charge except mum and dad. Yeah. Um, I remember, you know, mum used to do a lot of um, preserving of fruit and vegetables and stuff like that. So, you know, we all had to peel the peaches and string the beans and all that sort of stuff. Um, I can remember uh, the washing machine we mum had was an old uh, ringer machine. You know, so you put the, the clothes are in the tub. Uh, we actually had a copper. so. Mum would have to light the copper oh, yeah. to have the hot water to do the washing because the wash house was outside. It was a separate building. We had um, concrete troughs and uh, and a copper in the corner. I don't even think there was a light in the in the laundry because I suppose you didn't do your washing at night when you were good, you know, <laughs> good organised housewife. Um, so yeah, I can remember getting a stick, a piece of dowel to get the big sheets out of the out of the washing tub and. Um, putting them through the ringer, being very careful not to put your fingers and arms through them as, at the same time. I did, um, many a time. <laughs> I'll bet you did. I'll bet you did. And I remember mum going into labour. I think it might have been Frank while she was doing the washing. So she, um, <laughs> she just stopped washing and um, hanging all the sheets out. We had like a four-line clothesline, you know, the, the, the upright with the, the cross arms and the four lines. Yep. And the stick in the middle to, you know, 
to lower or, or raise the um, level of the lines. Um, so, you know, nothing stopped when you're having children. No. <laughs> Keep hanging those sheets. Isn't it? <laughs> yeah, that's right. Uh, plenty of laundry to be done in those days. <laughs> Imagine, yeah. Happies, plenty of everything. Oh, jeez. Back in the days of yeah. um, cloth nappies too. Yeah, that's right. No such thing as disposable in those days. No. Oh, well. No, now, as the, um, as the eldest, I know with my eldest, Mia, um, if everyone needs something done or uh, her name is just the first one that comes out of my mouth because she's the, I'm the oldest. Was that the case yeah. here as well, Jenny? Did you get slapped with most of the, um, the jobs? And then did you palm them off to the other kids or did you just, just do it? Um, no, I don't think I just did it. Can't really remember, but I don't, knowing my nature, I don't probably think that I would have done it all by myself. Clever, I think, outsourcing. I think Paul the general might have been fairly right. <laughs> you know, so, I remember when I was making sandwiches one morning, you stood behind me and you said, Mum, don't give me any more of these psychedelic sandwiches. <laughs> remember that? Yeah, I do. The kids at school you were giving me a hard time because Mum would make sandwiches, one white and one brown. <laughs> together and oh, apparently that wasn't the done thing in those days mum did a few different things I remember coming home from um, primary school one afternoon and uh, mum wasn't in the house she was in the laundry <laughs> and she was very busily washing an echidna because it was covered in ants <laughs> Um, wow. <laughs> Johnny was um, Johnny was talking about the you know the big banks outside the house in Glenrowan. Well, on top of one of those banks, um, there was a big bull ant nest, and this poor echidna was rescued and washed off because he was covered in ants. And the poor thing kept rolling up, and Mum kept unrolling him, <laughs> and he'd roll up again, he'd unroll <laughs> again. Poor little bugger, so Mum. That's actually what he eats. <laughs> I don't remember what happened after that, but hopefully I think she might have put him back. <laughs> Very clean and sparkling. Oh, <laughs> did you have cuts all over your hands? All my like spikes into your fingers? Or... <laughs> oh, I felt sorry for him. I was kind of cleaning. <laughs> he's probably having his best day of his life until um, he's come and picked him up. Yeah, he's <laughs> having a feast. <laughs> Lots of big fat ants on that anthill. <laughs> Uh, testament uh, to your, your kind heart, Alma. Yeah, that's right. Thank you, yeah. Matt. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Glenrowan was a pretty, pretty, uh, pretty well experienced mum, I think, because when we moved into that railway house, I remember fronting up to have a bath the first night we got there, and we travelled from Matoa, which is, as I said, north northwest Victoria, down across to Glenrowan. It probably would have taken a fair few hours, and the old um, uh, the old Holden dad had, but mum turned the mum turned the taps on, and the water that came out of the pipe was dark, rusty red. <laughs> in the water, saying, oh, "You know what is it? What is it? Looks like blood." So that was our introduction to the railway house in Glenrow. <laughs> wow, <laughs> I know. pretty primitive in those days. Pretty primitive, but. Um, yeah, no, it was it wasn't a bad place. Peter uh, John also mentioned the um, the game of sliding off the uh, wool bales. Oh yeah. In the good shed. Well, that that was that was a really good game until Peter came off the side of one and there was a roll of barbed wire standing there and uh, he ripped all the back of his side. <laughs> we didn't do that game anymore after that. I think it was a bit prone. It's funny how you guys stop your games after this bloodshed or... <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. a bit of a one, isn't it, that we, uh, we're all in one piece. Yeah, I reckon. But, uh, yeah, no. No, Mum was pretty busy in those days. She knitted all our clothes. She sewed all our clothes. Um, mum and Dad, or Mum, as you know, didn't drive. So Dad, on a, every second Friday morning, he would have the morning off 
whether he, I suppose he probably just took the morning off. And they drove into Wangaratta, which was about 10 miles away. And um, they would go to the Bruck Mills, which is the, which was a fabric factory. Um, and mum would go and buy enough material to make whatever clothing we needed for the season. So I went a few wow. times when we got a bit bigger. And uh, they used <laughs> to have big square um, tables and all the remnants would be thrown on the tables. And all around the walls of the of this, um, what was, I suppose it was just a, an out, factory outlet, all around the walls were um, racks with bolts of fabric. But on the tables, they used to, I imagine they would have opened at nine o'clock, a quarter to nine, the factory workers would throw all the remnants on the tables and then all the Italian ladies would rush in the door when it was opened at nine o'clock and everybody would just grab armfuls of fabric and uh, you might have one end, someone else has probably got the other. It's a wonder there wasn't bloodshed shed in the factory. Um, that was an entertaining way to, uh, you know, to get the supplies. So after that, they'd go to the, um, over the other side of the highway and go to the woolen mills where mum bought all the, the wool for the, the jumpers and stuff. Because she needed, she needed all the boys' um, school jumpers. Yeah, right. Uh, she made, from Bruck, she bought this lovely blue shirting material. So all the boys had these blue shirts that she'd made. Um, she was very industrious when I was young, apparently the feed sacks for the chooks. <laughs> had lovely pictures on them of chooks and things like that. And she would make clothes for myself. So, Interesting, dressing you in Hessian. Well, no, it wasn't Hessian. It was more like a calico stuff. <laughs> yeah. Of course, she wouldn't have put me in a Hessian bag, but anyway. <laughs> but, very um, creative. Very creative, almost. So always, she was always making something or doing something. And um, she used to go to the mother's club at primary school. So in these, day, these days, it's called, I don't know, parents and friends or whatever. Yeah. Uh, but in those days, it was mother's club. And, of course, it was only the mothers because... All the fathers are at work and the mothers weren't working. So, um, you know, that's not a bad effort for somebody who, you know, is was a migrant and um, yeah. had seven bloody children to look after and still make time to go to a meeting at school. <laughs> it's great that you um, got it so such in, so involved, Alma, in, in community. And I opened it as well, but that's, yeah, what Jenny says, seven kids. And Jenny, what about your dress, that beautiful dress we made? Oh. Yes, yeah, so going back to the Bruck Mills, um, I went to St Joseph's Convent in, in Wang and um, when you got to Form 4, you had a, um, it wasn't a dead ball, it was probably the equivalent of that. Um, but anyway, we had to have a dress and my fashion sense wasn't that flash. Um, anyway, Alma was going to make me this lovely dress, so we went to the Bruck Mills and I found this beautiful piece of greeny gold fabric, which I might add now, I realise that that's not my colour anyway. However, mum made this beautiful dress for me and I felt really special going to the dance. And oh, we had dancing practice too, so but you, you, you wore your own clothes to them. And the nuns said, you're not allowed to wear patent leather shoes because the boys might see the reflection of your underwear in your shoes. <laughs> yes. Anyway, that was dancing practice. So come the night of the ball, I'm all done up in my lovely frock. And when I got there, some of the nasty girls said, oh, you're curtain material. <laughs> and we, what we didn't realise was the fabric that we'd chosen, because it was on the remnant table, um, just happened to be the curtains that the Wangaratta Town Hall had. <laughs> Um, oh, camouflage nicely. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Oh dear. Oh. Oh. Yeah, well, that's that's life. <laughs> I guess yeah, that is life. Oh, good effort making a dress though, Alma. Yeah. Yeah, well, that's right. I remember one um, another funny story. This isn't about mum though. This is about dad. Um, dad was burning off some of the stubble grass around the back of the railway 
house and he came uh, back of the railway yard and um and he came home from work and as he always did he got changed so anyway there was a bit of yelling and carrying on while dad was getting changed and called for the cat so we got the cat in and uh, dad said oh I when i took my pants off a mouse came out <laughs> so while he was burning off he said he thought something had gone up his leg but you know he had a bit of a look around and couldn't see anything so he forgot about it but when he got home the mouse is out of the pants into the wardrobe <laughs> so the cat had to go in and get the mouse it was a laugh a minute down there did <laughs> <laughs> you not feel a mouse around oh that's funny <laughs> yeah well it had lodged in the back of his work trousers apparently right up yeah, there right. where you but, um, yeah. <laughs> oh, wow. Very funny. Very funny. But, uh, yeah, no, they were good days, I think. And then, um, then mum and dad bought a business in Darnham. And I was still at school. I was actually doing my year 12. And I said, oh, well, I'm not going to move straight away. You know, I, really, I need to do exams. So I think they moved, might have been mid, mid year. And they'd organised for me to stay at the pub in Glenrowan with the, there was a Dutch couple that they knew that owned that. So I boarded at the pub while they moved to Darnham and started, you know, getting into the swing of the business. And um, so they left me a little bit of money and... What, what um, age What age were you there, Jenny? Year 12, so I was... 17, 16, 17. Yeah, probably, I don't reckon I was... I was probably 17 because yeah, okay. I started school when I was four and a half. Yeah. Um, so anyway, so off they went and I boarded at the pub and I used to work at the milk bar in Glenrow and I worked there from when I went into form one. So I worked there for six, six years. Anyway, so we had to wear school uniform because the nuns were pretty strict on that. If you had your, your uniform too short, they'd send you into the sewing room and you had to kneel down and they would measure your hem from from your knee up and if it was too high which was probably only about two inches um you had to let the hem down of your uniform yeah, right. anyway other rules yeah there are other rules were that you um came into the school grounds when you left the bus you're in full school uniform so um we our bus used to go along a dirt road and all the kids would have the windows open and the place was just filled with dust and I came into the schoolyard off the bus and I'm swinging my um, straw hat around my finger in the air and the blazer was in my bag not on not on me and um, Sister Lurch whom we, who was can't even remember her name but in those days the Adams family was family. <laughs> and um, we, one of our nuns we called Lurch and she caught me coming into the in through the back gate and uh, why isn't your hat on your head why isn't your blazer on and I said well you know mum and dad aren't here and the dust the bus is really dusty so I thought I'd save the um the blazer from getting dirty well that really wasn't a very good excuse for her oh, so <laughs> a bit of an argument and um she told me I was expelled wow, this is a bit extreme I know this was about three weeks before the exams so I was absolutely terrified that I wasn't going to be able to do my exams I burst into tears and went slamming up the corridor up to my locker started emptying my locker and it just so happened that uh, Friday because it was Friday morning first period Fridays the French bo the boys from Champagne College came over to do French study French with us so Lurch comes in behind me and says, well, she said, you can stay. She said, get to your desk. <laughs> and I'm there with a really red face. I've been watching because I've been crying and everything else. And I had to go into class with these four boys. I felt really awful. <laughs> and uh, never wore my blazer or my hat again. She could get stuffed, I thought. Good on you. <laughs> and, I did, and I did my exams. <laughs> So that was probably my first step into independence away from mum and dad. I looked after myself. <laughs> yes, and, and so with that 
armed with that confidence, when I went down back down to mum and dad's and settled into uh, life in the shop for a little while, we, we had this difficult lady who I didn't realise at the time, but mum and dad didn't particularly like her either, Mrs Knight. Mrs Knight lived in Darnham, but she did all her shopping in Warrigal. And she came in on a Saturday afternoon, stinking hot, to buy a tub of ice cream. I said, certainly, Mrs Knight. And I wrapped it up in newspaper and I gave it to her and I said, that will be whatever it was. Well, she got on her high horse and she said, oh, that is so expensive. Why is it so expensive? I said, whatever I said to her. And then she kept whinging about it. So I said, oh, well, you best pop off to, uh, to Woolworths and, um, and go and get it yourself. Go and get it from Warrigal. Oh, she said they're closed. I said, yeah, that's probably, that's probably what happens when you go shopping on Saturday afternoon for ice cream <laughs> in your own town. Oh, no, no, I'll have it, I'll have it. I said, no, I'm not going to sell it to you. And I unwrapped it and put it back in the freezer. <laughs> and, then, and then when mum and dad came home, I said to them, oh, I think I might have lost you a customer. Uh, what happened? Oh, well, Mrs Knight, she was whinging and moaning about the price of the ice cream. And so I just took it back off her and um, put it back in the freezer and told her to go home. <laughs> and dad said later, oh, I've been wanting to do that for a long time. He said, when you're in business, you can't really do those sorts of things. Oh. <laughs> Did Mrs Knight ever come back? Oh, I don't know. I don't, know. I don't remember. Oh. I don't remember. I've, I worked in a milk bar in a little country town for six years. So, I, like, you know, I knew all the tricks that these people, they did the same in, when I was in Glen Rowan. Oh, you know, we can get it much cheaper than Wangaratta. And it's always on a Saturday afternoon. So see you later. <laughs> Maybe that's why I was called the general. <laughs> Put a few customers in their place. Nothing wrong with that. Yeah, well, you know, stupid people, Matt. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> how, how many years were you at Darnham for, Jenny? Well, I never, um, I never actually lived in Darwin, Darnham because um, just before... Just before the exams in Wangaratta, or well, I went to school in Wang, but in Glen Rowan, um, I didn't know what I wanted to do with myself. So um, the Commonwealth Public Service used to run these exams once or twice a year and all these tests and you could go and do the test and um, you know, if you got good enough marks, they would offer you a job somewhere. So as it turned out, I, I did, they called it the dill test because it's one of those, you know, 300 questions with true or false and, you know, best A, B, C or D or whatever those sorts of things is. And um, I ended up getting offered a job in Telstra or for, well, in those days, Postmaster General's department. So I started there in the January of 73. So I did, I did HSC or year 12 in 72. And at the, after the exams, I moved straight down to Darnham. And then before the end of the January, I started working um, Croydon. All right. So I was really only there for a couple of months. And so you, yeah, so you so. moved down to Croydon? You didn't commute daily? No, no, no. Yeah. In those days, the trains weren't that all that. It would have taken a long time to get to Croydon because I'd have to change in the city and, you know, catch another train and all that sort of thing. So... I, I um, boarded with Alma and Alpa. Yeah. So, yeah. yes, I didn't live in Darnham, but um, I'd go back every now and then for a visit and um, usually to have an argument with Dad because <laughs> he'd said something about Russell that I didn't particularly like, so and stupidly I'd tell Russell and then we'd jump in the car after work and scream down to Darnham and have an argument and then go back home, do it all again a week or so later. So... <laughs> I didn't learn to keep my mouth shut until many years later. <laughs> so, yeah. so I think, yeah, mum and dad probably uh, had a bit of a baptism of fire too. <laughs> I guess that's another one of the, the things of being the eldest, isn't it? You go, you go through all the ever, all the experiences first. Yeah. Pave pay yep, the way exactly. for the, the young kids to just get away with uh, yeah. a lot. <laughs> that's right, and you know, once you. Um, 
once you leave home and you come home and have a look at the way things are going and you see what the other kids have been able to get away with that you, that myself wasn't able to get away with, you think <laughs> I was really put out because they could get, they could do all this stuff. They could go all these places and um, I never could. Bad luck. <laughs> That's one of the, uh, one of the, the tougher things of being the eldest. Yeah, well. Uh, there's plenty of good things though. We, I, you know, I reckon we did it pretty, pretty well when we were kids. We had, we could do virtually whatever we liked. You know, we pack our lunch in the morning and get on the pushies. And many a time we rode to Wangaratta from Glen Rowan, which is 10, 10 mile. You know, actually, I was going to ask because when Johnny was talking about what him and Peter were getting up to, spending all their time in the rail yards, almost yeah. killing themselves. Yeah. What were you getting up to around that time? Do you remember? Like, were you, was that housework days potentially, or were you, what sort of? Saturdays, Saturdays was housework day. Um, but uh, I played tennis. Ah, okay. So I think I was the only one that actually played any sport at all when we were in Glen Rowan. And um, tennis always used to start at one o'clock, and Dad didn't knock off till after one. And we went, um, well, as you know, in a little country place, you go to other little country places to play. Um, yeah. So mum had made me some afternoon tea to take with me and I'd get a ride with Mrs. Michelini. And um, we'd head off and uh, it, was, it was good fun. Yeah. Good fun, you know, just what you did on a Saturday afternoon, stinking hot. Yeah. Ask me tennis on a stinking hot day today, I'd laugh at you. <laughs> <laughs> when you're a kid, do all those great things. Um, yeah, and we used to, I remember having to um, polish the levers at the station oh, many yes. times. Yes, got into trouble a fair bit. Um, well, the I sounds of those levers would have been most, uh, most polished in the state. Or oh, they were. Dad used to win prizes for the state of the, <laughs> uh, the station. <laughs> but I remember getting into awful trouble one day and having to unpolish the levers because mum was, um, was middle of summer and mum was... Uh, uh, we were all peeling peaches and stuff. And I made some nasty remark to, to mum that she took offence to. I can't even remember what it was about now, but I ended up I ended up being over there polishing levers and stuff like that. And then I had to go and um, I had to go and write the truck numbers down for dad. So whereas Johnny used stamped pads, I had to actually go and write all the truck numbers down. And I think I think that was probably a bit unnecessary, but I think it might have been part of the Polishing of the levers, Rishi. Yes. Hey, what about um, what about grocery shopping, Jenny? Was that a, a, a weekly family affair, or did only Olman go, or did she take you with her? Oh, no, 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 no. So every second Friday when they went into Angrada, so the ah, first thing they, they did was then. go to Brooks, then they went to the Woolen Mills, and then they would go to the Coast Store. Mm do all the groceries for the two weeks there and they'd be away uh, probably take them three quarters of the day so that's why I think dad might have just been wagging work and one of the other boys was filling in for him but um, it was and I always remember every second Friday it was a special treat for dinner mum and dad had asparagus and boiled eggs and we had boiled eggs and baked beans and that was a real treat in those yeah, days. Wow. Okay. Real being we look forward to every second Friday because no no matter, we would see what our new clothes were going to be made of. And we had the special meal on Friday nights. Oh, <laughs> oh God. What a, what a great little tradition. Yeah. And I remember uh, every now and then if it was school holidays, one of the girls would go with um, mum and dad to do the shopping. And uh, you know. It's not, wouldn't have been my favourite job, I don't think. Your mother enjoyed it. She liked going to into the shops. So um, Still does. Still does. Yeah. I shopping with your mother. She takes to make up her mind. <laughs> spending. Still, still does. Alma and, my, Alma and myself and Wilma going into Meyer in Melbourne. Wilma was going to buy a new handbag. She didn't buy a handbag. <laughs> and we were there nearly all day. <laughs> oh, sounds about right. Yeah, sounds about right. But um, 
Yeah, uh, what else would we be doing? Likes to put a lot of thought into the purchase. Well, yes, of course. Yeah. And the price. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, what else did we do in Glenrowan? Oh, yes, Aussie Manly. Aussie Manly ran the, um, the little uh, grocery shop, I suppose you would call it. Um, it was down the street from our place, probably, I don't know, 500 yards or maybe even a little bit further. And um, he was a little old stooped over man, or so we thought, but in actual fact, he wasn't that, he wasn't that old when we were there. Um, but he had his mother looking after the shop when he had to go out and do things. And we genuinely thought she was a witch. She had, a, she had long grey hair and she had these pointy hands, which was probably just long nails, but, um, and a grey shawl. And she was all bent over and she would, we were really scared to go in there. We, we actually didn't go in there. But we'd often, mum would buy biscuits and stuff from Aussie Manly. And the shop was so old, they had all these old biscuit tins. So in those oh. days, you could buy, um, they'd be, I don't know what size they'd be, like a 10 litre tub or something like that. But they, they were metal and they had labels on them and the lid opened up. And you could buy two bobs worth of biscuits in a brown paper bag broken biscuits and they were cheaper anyway i remember mum buying some biscuits and maybe some flour or something from aussie and when she came home and she opened the bag the bag was m moving inside oh. so it was full of, full of weevils and stuff. <laughs> quality uh, and we just have to go and get paper on us on a um on a saturday night and aussie would roll the paper up and put elastic band around it, stick it on the fence. And um, one day, one night, one of the boys, one of the boys had to be woken up to go to the toilet at night. And they'd wake him up as they were going to bed and then they'd listen for him to come back inside. Well, this night he didn't come back inside. They couldn't find him anywhere. And next thing he fronts up and he's got the paper. He's still fast asleep. He's got the paper in his hand. He'd been down to Aussies in the middle of the night and brought the paper back <laughs> and got back into bed, none, none the wiser, until the next day. He slept walked down the shop. Yeah. And the, <laughs> the same one was found. No, I wasn't going to say that, Mum. <laughs> I can edit that out, Jenny. <laughs> Peter, that wasn't me. That was your mother. Um, and another night he was found in the chook pen, just standing there asleep. <laughs> he likes to get out though. yeah that's right um so who have i dobbed in i've dobbed in peter frank was called cranky frankie when he was born because all he did was cry for the first three years <laughs> three years <laughs> so he had he still got the name cranky frankie um oh wilma's cat had kittens in her bed oh wow <laughs> I know, I had to go and get them out of the bedroom. And um, that was a bit messy. Um, who else? Oh, Johnny. Johnny used to lie in his cot. And he, because of course, he, mum didn't have time to feed, you know, bottle feed a baby, because she already had four, uh, three. And um, so Johnny would feed himself. He'd have his hands and his legs up in the air like this with the bottle. And when he'd finished the bottle, he'd, just kick his legs out like this and the bottle would be flying out into the hallway. <laughs> he had to be you know, pretty unlucky to get hit by a flying bottle, but it was, was known to happen. Oh, great. <laughs> uh, and the, the place had a big hallway and we used to help mum polish the floors in the hallway. And um, we'd put the polish on the floor someone would sit on a towel and that one of the other drag that towel up and down the hallway. It was a bit of a problem because three quarters of the way up the hallway, it was like a, um, like an indent where a door might've come. So instead of being, you know, five foot wide all the way down, it came into about four foot and then went out again. So uh, several were known to get slammed into that doorway if you weren't happy with them. <laughs> I think I remember getting there a couple of times myself. <laughs> oh, oh, God. 
I know. And with so many kids, there were, um, there was this fancy bed set up in the boys' room. So um, the lounge room of the house was really small. The kitchen was a reasonable size, although by the time you got a table in there that sat seven people, there wasn't a whole lot of room. So the boys' bedroom, I think there was three of them in there. So Dad had the big idea of making these, um, making these bunks that came out from the wall, but you could, you could drop them back against the wall so the boys would have somewhere to play. Brilliant. So it was pretty ingenious, really. Yeah. They, were like, um, they were like farm gates, you know, with the crisscross wire yep. and big uh, GI, made of the GI iron with the wire threaded over them. And, um, you know, the boys would go into their room and play and they'd let, let their beds down. So, yeah, we've got so many kids. <laughs> Improvise, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Oh, nobody's spoken about the bus. Oh, the bus, yeah. Yeah, we had a bus Dad built when we were in Glen Rowan. Because, of course, we didn't go away on holidays because there was too many of us and not enough money. And so Dad bought this old bus. And he um, he stripped it all out inside and built it with bunks, three bunks on either side, and then the kitchen or the table and around the kitchen area would be lowered to make the double bed for mum and dad. So the three bunks on either side, there um, there wasn't a whole lot of room in between between each, so you had to lay so you couldn't fling your arms back over your, back of your head because you clock yourself on the ceiling. And yours truly used to sleep on the top bunk and generally fall out most nights. <laughs> <laughs> I'd be oh, on the floor on my hands and knees. I'd have to get back up there. <laughs> but it was great. We used to go to Bright, to a little creek in Bright, and we used to um, just paddle around in the cold water. It was a great, it was a great thing. We had that, did that for a few years. Mum used to go gold panning in the creek. She'd find a little bit of stuff, but never very much. Actually, I've got a photo um, which I'll throw up on the Facebook group page of all you kids, I think, in a creek with old yeah, Bruce and Olmer. That could, could that be bright? That could be, yep. Yeah, okay. Many, I'll throw it up there. Oh, there's I think a lot there of might be, Yeah, there's definitely Mum Jenny and or Wilma Jenny and maybe two two boys, Frank and uh, sorry Peter and Johnny, perhaps. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. No, no that might not be because. It had six bunks, so it would have been before, well, obviously before Mick was born, but um, the bunks were all occupied, so, yeah. Oh, I'll put the, I'll put the photo up anyway. I'll be able, I'll know where it is. Yeah. Comment. yeah. Oh, fantastic. Okay. So those were the days. We even had holidays. Yeah, you def guys definitely didn't, didn't go, didn't, sorry, you definitely didn't go without as kids. Like no, definitely not. It was definitely a fantastic not. way to grow up. Yep. Yep, I'll never forget. Um, I'll never forget the echidna. <laughs> Good learning curve about the Australian wildlife, Homer. Yeah, yeah. yeah. All right, we might jump into the mailbag now. Now, Homer, tonight's question comes from. Well, I guess it comes from um, last week's episode. You mentioned you got a letter T, a chocolate letter T when you were growing up back in um, Holland around Christmas time because your name was Toast. So just for those out there, including myself, because my daughter Mia sort of asked the question about Toast because your name's Kath, but she didn't really understand Toast. Just explain the, the, the difference there or, or what that is. Well, uh, Matt, I was christened um katharina but all the katharinas in holland were called toes t double o s don't ask me why uh, okay so sort of a yeah. sort of a nickname or a shortening of the name of, of katharina yeah katharina arnoldina that was my my uh, actually i had five names but i was called toes to everybody and then moving to australia you kept you you didn't use toast at oh, all oh you use... kids used to call me toast toast fair enough yeah and so, then you shortened it to kath did you so when you would introduce yourself 
you've just moved to Australia. Would you, did you use Katharina or did you use Kath or Catherine or? I used to, I used to be Katharina, but it was too hard. And then I had, was in the post office um, and I had to, to sign checks and, you know, official things. I uh, called myself Kath. C-A-T-H. Yeah. So that was a lot easier. Yeah. Um, I had a habit of um, anglicising names. Right. Um, <laughs> she, she's, she was Katarina and called herself Kath. She, she christened me Johanna and called me Jenny. <laughs> <laughs> Look, when we came, first came, you had right. all these really proper Dutch names. Eh? <laughs> Three or four. So when, when the boys come along, we made it just short. Robert was RS, Frank, <laughs> Frank Peter. <laughs> he only had two names. Yeah, Michael. So that was easy. I used to hate it when I had to fill out exam papers, you know. I needed the whole row. <laughs> it's a long name. Johanna Maria. <laughs> Not good. Uh, you dear. forgot to tell Omidyo, Omreng, Omakor. Oh God, Omakor. Omakor was Oma, was my Oma's, so Dad's mother's brother, and he and his wife came out from America, and he was a real communist. <laughs> he was a chef, and he used to, he did the cooking. I don't even know why they were staying with us, Mum. I was, I was in hospital with some. Oh, boys. The pain. <laughs> what else would you be doing? <laughs> yeah, that's right. Um, he was a chef and he used to cook. He was a pretty good cook, but he used to use every bloody dish and pan in the whole place. And the aunt, her name was Yet, Tonti Yet. Yet, come and clean up. <laughs> uh, he was a real bastard. And he used to argue all the time. I didn't get on very well with him. <laughs> Uh, yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> well, there you go. So, Tos is Katharina. Very good. Yeah. It's a nickname. I've got Name, friends yeah. that are called, you know, Dutch friends. You know, it's just something that they did. Yeah. Like we do here with names. Yep. Mm. Yeah. There you go. All right. That answers the question. Mm. All right, Jenny, thank you very much for popping on. That was um, yeah, a great insight to, to, to your childhood and, and how you saw it growing up. So great. Yeah, and if I haven't, uh, if I haven't sledged somebody, I'll do it next time. <laughs> we will definitely give you, give you that opportunity for sure. From, from the general. <laughs> from the general, you heard it first. <laughs> Omar, thanks again for coming on. Thank you, Matt, for doing this. It's wonderful. Excellent. That's it for Conversations with Kath for this week. Have a great week. Bye.